So I got a question about diluting your shares. Dilution of equity. What is dilution? How does dilution happen? Let's take a look. Hey there everyone, it's uh, David Barnett from davidcbarnett.com, the YouTube channel, blog site, and iTunes podcast where I talk about buying, selling, financing, managing businesses, as well as any other questions that people happen to send in. Today I've got a question from a YouTube viewer who watched my video, Should My Business Have a 100 or a Million Shares? And they wanted to ask me about dilution. Uh, because of course in that video I talked about how a company can create more new shares to sell to new shareholders and it dilutes the ownership portion or, or share of the original shareholders but of course they end up being smaller owners of a bigger thing uh, which is to their advantage in most cases but then the question was how do things like preferred shares affect dilution and so we're going to take a look by putting a simple little balance sheet up here on the whiteboard so hey there what I've done is I put a very simple balance sheet up here on the board for the purpose of illustration and I'm going to go through it here um, so as you know a balance sheet on one side we have our assets and on the other side we have the liability and the equity and the two sides always have to add up to be the same in this simple example I'm simply going to say that there are $500 worth of assets we're not going to break that down at all but on the liability side we're going to say that there's $100 of long-term debt and then another hundred dollars of what we're going to call convertible debentures and we're going to get into the exactly what that is in a second down here in the equity section we have a hundred dollars of common shares so these are the common voting shares class A shares they go by a lot of different names but they're the basic shares that basically control the company and these are the people that vote on the board we then have a hundred shares of preferred shares and then $100 of retained earnings. So what this means is that this company has been functioning and they've had profits accumulate to the tune of $100. So, so our balance sheet balances, we have $500 on each side. So the long-term debt, this is debt owned, owed basically to a bank. Maybe it's a mortgage or equipment loans, that kind of thing. Uh, and it's, so it's secured and it will be paid off over time. The CD stands for convertible debentures. Now, what a convertible debenture is, is it's a form of debt, and we're going to talk today about three different ways that shareholders are commonly diluted. But convertible debentures are a form of debt that under certain circumstances can be turned into equity. Okay? So, so what does that mean? Well, for example, if your Uncle Vinny wants to invest in your company, and he thinks that things may go really well for you and the company could end up on Shark Tank or whatever and really explode in value, he might say, look, I'll lend you $100. I want a 10% interest rate on this loan. But if you ever are in a position to sell your business for a million dollars, then I want my $100 of debt to convert into a certain number of shares. Okay, And that's the convertible part of the convertible debenture. So sometimes what will happen in a small to medium sized enterprise is someone will make a loan and because they're worried about controlling the business they'll create covenants. So they'll say I'm going to make you a loan but if your profitability falls below a certain level or if your sales fall below a certain level or your um, you know, quick ratio so the ratio of current assets to current liabilities falls below a certain marker what will happen is this debt will convert to equity and basically the debt holder is now put in a position where he controls the majority of the stock. 
So if you owned 100 shares, the 100 common shares, and the terms of the convertible debenture were that if you violated one of the covenants, they could buy new shares at 10 cents each, then all of a sudden there'd be 1,100 shares in this company, and this debt would disappear, but those people would now own 1,000 shares, and you'd only own 100, and they would effectively take control of the company. You would be diluted down into a minority shareholder position. So that's one way, convertible debt. The second way that equity owners can be diluted is through options. So options basically give people the opportunity, not the obligation, to buy shares usually at a certain price, and that price is often called the strike price. So let me give you an example. Let's say I'm going to invest in this company and I agree to make a loan of $100, but to sweeten the pot, you say to me that you're also going to give me 100 options to buy stock at $1.50 a share. So what this means is that I have the option, if I want to, to buy shares at $1.50 each. Now, maybe right now in this company, those shares aren't worth $1.50. Maybe they're worth somewhere lower than $1.50. Uh, and that's the whole point because we want to have the promise that if things go well, the investor who's lent us money is going to be able to participate at a greater level. So as the company prospers, let's say that you know the investor figures now that the shares are worth $2 a share. He's got the option to buy them for $1.50, another 100 shares. So he writes a check for 150 bucks and he gets to buy 100 shares. Now, that check goes into the company, increasing the value of the company again, but since we've issued more new shares, then the existing shareholders get diluted. They own a smaller portion of the company. And again, options are often used as a sweetener for people that we're trying to entice to do other things with our business. For example, lending money or even being a customer, for example, you could offer options to. And options have a strike price, so a level at which you can buy the shares. That's the preset price. And people will only exercise them if they think they're going to make money or get ahead by doing it. And options almost always have an expiry date. So you might give someone an option that's good for a certain amount of time. And in the world of public company investing, these options are also sometimes called warrants. And so sometimes you can buy a share which comes with a warrant, which means it's another option to buy and invest even more at a certain fixed price for a certain amount of time. And in the case of some warrants, there is no deadline. But just hang on, we're going to talk more about this. Now, lastly, preferred shares. So in this case, we've got preferred shares. And what a preferred share is, is, it's, is again, it's a, it's a vehicle or device that kind of has one foot in the debt world and one foot in the equity world. Because a preferred share usually has a set amount of rate of return. So for example, a preferred share could have a 10% coupon rate, meaning that it, you're supposed to pay those shareholders a 10% rate of return every year. What makes them more like equity though, is that you can create a rule saying that if there isn't enough cash in the company, you can delay the payment of that preferred dividend until you have enough money, in which case the, the dividends payable accrue. So they accumulate. So that's called a cumulative preferred share. Sometimes we can also create an option with the preferred shares that they will be able to be convertible from preferred shares into common shares. So, for example, people might say, look, 
I don't believe you're going to always have the cash to be able to pay me my dividend. If you can't pay my dividend two years in a row, I want my preferred shares to convert into common stock. Now, with the convertible debenture and with the convertible preferred shares, if people do these conversions, it's normally because they want to create a situation where they will get to take control of the company because obviously if it's not performing well, they don't want you to be the person who continues to run it. There is a general term for financings in a company that have a very high likelihood of leading to someone else becoming the controlling shareholder. They're typically called toxic financings because if they turn toxic, if things don't go as planned, basically the company gets taken over by the investor under the terms and conditions outlined in whatever sort of vehicle you're using. Now, all three of these ways that I've talked about how you can dilute the equity of a, of a company um, are very general terms and if you go looking, you're going to find all kinds of other ways that you could do this because here's the thing. There is no set prescribed common rule or way to do any of these things. It all comes down to what is written into the document that outlines the investment that someone's doing. So if somebody takes a look at the actual note for the convertible debenture, the person creating that contract is going to be able to put whatever terms and conditions they want into there. As long as both parties agree, of course, then you have a deal. And so from one company to the next, if you're looking at someone who has these different things going on in the company, you can't be certain exactly what may or may not happen unless you actually examine the terms and conditions of all of these different devices and figure out exactly how they've been structured. So I hope that answers your question. Keep them coming. 2018 is right around the corner, and I'm almost at the end of my 2017 question list, which is perfect because it means for Christmas this year, you guys can all get me some new questions. So keep sending them in. If you haven't already, get on over to davidcbarnett.com. You can sign up for the email list. You'll get videos like this one every week in your inbox, as well as any other musings or ideas or hot special offers that I might think about sharing with you at any given point in time. I love doing these. I look forward to seeing you again, and we'll talk to you soon.